0: Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 662 for release on Sunday, October 31st, 2021. On scan today, the island called Antigua in the Caribbean, our ancient DX report for 1926, and our Indian DX report. Well, the island called Antigua is the main island, of the independent commonwealth mini-country in the Caribbean that is identified under the twin title as Antigua and Barbuda. These two islands are located in the northern cluster of the curved row of islands that mark the eastern edge of the Caribbean, and their European colonial heritage was from the Spanish, followed by the English. They gained their independence from Great Britain in 1981, and English is the official language. Ray Robinson tells us more about radio in Antigua.
1: Thanks, Jeff. As has been the case with a large number of other and smaller countries throughout the world, amateur radio provided the first form of program broadcasting in Antigua. In May 1939, shortwave listeners in the United States reported the reception of a series of music programs on 7120 kHz from amateur station VP2AE in the national capital, St. John's. Nevertheless, in spite of their foray into program broadcasting, it's reported that station VP2AEXVP2AD refused to confirm reports of reception. Three years later, another shortwave station was reported on the air in Antigua, and we would classify this station as a clandestine operation. Radio Antigua on 7 MHz was noted by the high-profile international radio monitor Roger Legg and others also in the United States during the first four or five months in the year 1942. This is what happened. During the first weekend in September 1939, war erupted in continental Europe when Germany attacked Poland and they then attacked several countries in Western Europe. France surrendered to German forces in June of the next year, 1940, and the southern half of France became somewhat autonomous under the Vichy government leadership. This placed French colonies around the world in a difficult quandary, should they be loyal to the informal free French government in London, or to the officially independent, though in reality the collaborationist, government in Vichy. The two major French colonies on the eastern edge of the Caribbean, Martinique and Guadeloupe, initially chose to follow the line of leadership with the Vichy government. The United States thus became increasingly concerned about the protection of the Panama Canal. And then to further compound these international political circumstances, the Japanese naval air force attacked Pearl Harbour in Hawaii on Sunday morning, December 7th, 1941. The next day, the United States declared war against Japan – and four days after that, on December the 11th, 1941, Germany announced a declaration of war against the United States. The next month, in January 1942, a new shortwave station, which identified itself on air as Radio Antigua, was noted in the United States with programming in French and occasional English that was directed towards Martinique and Guadeloupe. Each broadcast lasted only about 20 minutes, beginning at 5pm, ...on a variable 7 MHz frequency, ranging between 7060 kHz and 7073 kHz. The fact that an amateur shortwave channel was in use, and that the transmitted signal varied at times, a total of at least 13 kHz, would indicate that an amateur transmitter was in use, and that Radio Antigua was not a professionally operated shortwave station. The authoritative Roger Legg stated that the station was presumed to be located on Antigua Island, and he declared also that the station propagated a strong signal at his home in the eastern United States. So we could ask the question, where was this clandestine radio station, Radio Antigua, really located? On-air announcements indicated on Antigua Island. A strong propagation into the United States could indicate a saltwater pathway from Antigua, though the strong signal might also mean that it was actually located in the United States. It would be suggested that there was no way that local resources amongst the small English-speaking population on Antigua Island could assemble and broadcast a daily news bulletin in French back then. Likewise, it's probable that these broadcasts did not emanate from the Spanish-speaking American island of Puerto Rico. Perhaps the French broadcasts from Radio Antigua originated in the United States, the usage of amateur equipment in a cover-up, pretense fashion. Interestingly, the late Roger Legg was associated back then in Washington DC with the Foreign Broadcast Intelligence Service, and subsequently with the Voice of America under the legendary George Jacobs. Roger was the international radio monitor who released the information about Radio Antigua to the radio world, so perhaps he had some inside information that has never been revealed. The French broadcasts from the station called Radio Antigua were jammed quite frequently, and we would suggest that the jamming transmitters were located on Martinique, where Radio Martinique was already a well-known shortwave operation. As a postscript, we should mention that subsequent to the broadcasts of Radio Antigua, the United States began preparation for an invasion of Martinique as part of an overall plan to protect the Panama Canal. However, the Vichy-leaning government leadership on Martinique indicated that they were not supporting any form of European collaboration on their island, and so the planned invasion was cancelled before it was implemented.
0: Thank you, Ray. You're listening to Wavescan from Adventist World Radio. Now our ancient DX report for 1926. Radio magazines printed during the year 1926 were already beginning to present lists of shortwave radio stations, together with shortwave monitoring reports from listeners around the world. Many of those listed shortwave stations were involved in international communication, in speech, and in Morse code, though by now several stations were also presenting entertainment and informational programming. However, in addition, Ray Robinson says, it should also be stated that listeners were complaining about wideband interference from noisy, raucous spark transmitters.
1: Yes, Jeff, and interestingly, many of the long lists of shortwave stations were presented in reverse order, that's higher frequencies down to lower frequencies, which is a carryover from the earlier listings that were presented in meters and not kilohertz. A list of shortwave transmissions provided by RCA in the United States in 1926 showed more than a hundred shortwave stations in a score of different countries, as well as on ships at sea. Foremost amongst the programming highlights on radio during the year 1926 were news bulletins, weather forecasts, time signals, and music presentations. And interestingly, many of these informational programs were still presented in Morse code, though of course music programming was broadcast in AM, amplitude modulation style, on long wave, medium wave, and short wave. The Marconi shortwave beam stations at Bodmin and Bridgewater in England began service with corresponding stations in Montreal, Canada and Cape Town, South Africa in October 1926. At each transmitting station, 10 towers at the height of 277 feet were erected, five in each row at right angles to each other. The cross arms at the top of each tower that carried the rows of antenna wires were 90 feet long. The regular news bulletins in Morse code from the British official press wireless were transferred from the original longwave station at Leafield, near Oxford in England, to the new longwave transmitter, GBR, at Rugby, on 16 kilohertz. Two historic wireless messages were transmitted during the month of May 1926 from the High Arctic for reception in Europe and North America. Commander Richard Byrd and pilot Floyd Bennett in the Fokker plane named Josephine Ford flew from Spitsbergen Island, Norway, to the North Pole, where they broadcast a radio message on 44 metres. That event is claimed as the first radio message from a plane over the North Pole. In the same month, May 1926, the noted Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen flew in an Italian-made dirigible named the Norge towards the North Pole. His party sent radio messages on their way over the Arctic regions, though they lost radio contact when the antenna froze over in the frigid northern weather. Royal Air Force Flight Lieutenant RF Duncan conducted an official one-man D expedition to Iraq for the purpose of monitoring international radio signals in the shortwave spectrum from 15 to 100 metres. He discovered that QRN, locally observed radio noise, was at a high level in Iraq, and that QRM, interference from many shortwave stations, was also a problem. However, he was able to hear several stations of interest on his three-valve receiver, including the Hamilton Rice Expedition in Brazil, KDKA in the United States on 66 metres, and BBC radio programming on shortwave via G2NM and 5XX and the BBC also on medium wave. In Hawaii, the experimental shortwave station FX1, operated by the Signal Corps, was in constant communication with the ship Ka'imaloa, KFUH, during its exploratory visits to many islands throughout the South Pacific. Shortwave programming was on the air every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday evening from 11 pm to 12 midnight from medium wave 2BL in Sydney, Australia, in the 40 metre amateur band. And medium wave stations 5DN in Adelaide and 6WF in Perth successfully relayed programming from shortwave 2XAF at Schenectady in New York State. The Melbourne based radio journal Listener Inn arranged for a special series of hour-long program relays from KDKA Shortwave in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at 8pm during three evenings in early October 1926. Generally speaking, these broadcasts were not well heard in Australia. They were described as disappointing. However, amateur station 3SW in Melbourne did successfully relay some of these broadcasts on the medium wave channel of 250 metres, 1200 kilohertz a signal that was heard at a good level nearly 2,000 miles away at the Methodist mission on the island of Misima, off the coast of New Guinea. Which brings us to our next topic today, the radio scene on the island of Misima. Misima is a small volcanic island, mountainous and heavily forested, and it's located a 100 miles east of the tail of the much larger island of New Guinea. Missima is an irregularly shaped island, 25 miles long and 6 miles wide, and its appearance on the map could perhaps be described as a wriggling tadpole swimming eastward. Missima Island was sighted and named by the French explorer Captain Louis-Antoine de Bougainville in 1768. It has a resident population of 20,000, who speak their own Missima language. The island is administered as part of the independent nation of Papua New Guinea. Missima Island saw action during World War II during the nearby Battle of the Coral Sea in May 1942. In 2010, a small passenger plane crashed and burned when it slid off the unpaved muddy runway while landing during stormy weather. In the era just before the commencement of World War I, the German colonial authorities announced that they planned to establish a communication wireless station on misima Island, though that project was never implemented. Somewhere around the year 1922, with the island then being administered as an Australian mandate, the Australian wireless company, AWA, installed a low-power Morse code wireless transmitter on Misima VIX, on 600 metres, 500 kilohertz. In 1938, the local government administration installed a 10-watt AWA voice-operated radio-telephone transmitter, the famous pre-war Model 3A. During the Pacific War, the AWA operator at Missima Island Radio, Mr Les T. Young, was not repatriated to Australia, but instead he voluntarily operated the equipment as a unit in the Pacific Coast Watch Service. These days, there's just one radio broadcasting station on the air on Missima Island. This station is an FM unit with 10 watts on 98.9 MHz, and it carries a slave relay from No FM on mainland New Guinea.
2: Playing your music all day and every day.
0: Thank you very much. Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Now let's go to Prithiraj Purkayasta with his Indian DX report.
2: Namaskar and welcome to Indian DX report on WebScan. I am Prithiraj Purkayasta VU3TQD, reporting from Jorhat in the northeastern state of Assam in India. On auspicious morning of Mahalaya begins Durga Puja one of the biggest religious festivals celebrated across India. Every year on Mahalaya dawn, the All India Radio broadcast a special program entitled Mahisasur Mardini and as a radio enthusiast, it has become a habit of many DXers like me to wake up at the dawn of Mahalaya and tune into radio looking for the distance stations of All India Radio like other years this year too i had the opportunity to listen some distance air medium wave stations carrying this historic yearly radio broadcast between 22:30 30 utc to zero hour utc i heard air rachi with strong reception on 549 kilohertz air Patna a with strong reception on 6 to 1 kilohertz A.I.R. Indore on 648 kHz A.I.R. Kolkata A with strong reception on 657 kHz A.I.R. Chattarpur on 675 kHz A.I.R. Port Blair on 684 kHz A.I.R. Siliguri on 711 kHz A.I.R. Gwati with strong reception carrying a different Mahalaya program in SMS language on seven to nine kilohertz A.I.R. Lucknow A on seven four seven kilohertz A.I.R. Jagdalpur on seven five six kilohertz A.I.R. Jabalpur on eight zero one kilohertz A.I.R. Silchar with good reception on eight to eight kilohertz A.I.R. Ahmedabad A on eight four six kilohertz A.I.R. Rampur on eight nine one kilohertz, yeah, yeah Najibabad. On nine five four kilohertz, yeah, yeah Raipur. On nine eight one kilohertz, yeah yeah, Allahabad A. On one zero two six kilohertz, yeah, yeah, yeah Reva Rewa. On one one seven nine kilohertz, yeah, yeah Varanasi Varanasi. Strong reception on one two four two kilohertz. A.I.R. Agartala with good reception on 1269 kHz A.I.R. Darbhanga on 1296 kHz A.I.R. Gwalior on 1386 kHz A.I.R. Gangtok on 1404 kHz and A.I.R. Bhopal A on 1593 kHz Unfortunately, no any station of A.I.R. could be heard during this morning Monitoring. Here are some of my monitoring observations for different roadway stations done recently. BBC World Service in English was heard between 0315 to 0330 UTC on 12095 kHz with SINPO 35333. BBC English was again heard on 12065 kHz between 1330 to 14 hour UTC with fairly strong reception. Meanwhile BBC in Bengali was received strong on nine four one zero and nine five one zero kilohertz between thirteen thirty to fourteen hour UTC. The reception of this same transmission via all on one one six one zero kilohertz was found very much weak. NHK World Radio Japan in Bengali was heard with good reception on 15365 kHz between 13 to 13 hour UTC. But this reception of this transmission is varies from days to days as on many occasions I heard them with weak to poor reception condition. The NHK in English is heard with sinpo four five four 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 two three four three 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 on nine four five zero kilohertz between fourteen to fourteen thirty UTC. The reception for this radio Japan in Hindi on one five seven four five kilohertz between fourteen thirty to fifteen hour UTC is found very weak here in my Qth. KBS World Radio in English was heard between 1330 to 14-hour UTC on 9570 kHz with synpo 35333. On the other hand, KBS in English was heard good on 9785 kHz from 14-hour UTC. Vatican Radio is transmitting in Hindi on 7320 kHz between 1430 to 1450 UTC and the reception can be rated with four three 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 three. Reach Beyond Australia was logged with good reception condition on 9500 and 11900 kHz between 1230 to 1330 UTC on Sundays and weekdays respectively. The station was noted announcing two new frequencies for B21 broadcast schedule. The new frequencies are 11875 and 11945 kHz on 25 meter band and they pretend to broadcast on these frequencies from 13 hour and 1330 UTC onwards. IRIB Radio Tehran was heard with Hindi language transmission on 9510 kHz between 1420 to 1520 UTC. Sinpo was 33433. Adventist World Radio was heard between 0 to 30 to 3 hour UTC on 15515 kHz via Dasanabe with contents on Holy Bible in English and later devotional songs in Bengali were also heard. Sinpo rating for this transmission is 45334 here in Jorhat. Radio Taiwan International in English was heard on 153 to 0 kHz between zero three to zero four hour UTC with Sinpo rating 45434. Radio Romania International in English is heard with Sinpo 35233 on one one eight two five to 5 kHz between 03 to 04 hour UTC. Radio Filipinas in English is transmitting with nice strength on 12010 and one seven eight two zero to kHz between 0230 to 0330 UTC. Meanwhile, the reception on the other frequency of 15640 kHz is found to be very weak. And friends, with this, I would like to conclude this edition of Indian DX Report 1 Web Scan. I hope the information shared will be beneficial to you. I would also like to thank DX India Yahoo Group and Facebook Group and all members of Indian DX Club International for their continuous support to IDXR. If you have any comments and suggestions on this DX Capsule or want to send me a reception report then please write to me at indiandxreport at gmail.com. So until next time stay safe with your loved ones bye bye and 73's from Assam.
0: Sounds from Antigua in this edition of WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, the radio broadcasting scene before KDKA and our Japan DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand. Stand by for that. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry wave scan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. Here's the email address for AWR QSL cards. QSL at AWR dot O-R-G. And the postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong. that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110 Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, PL Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not reception reports, is Wavescan at AWR.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.